Good morning. Uh, welcome as we come to worship today, uh, and this is the first Sunday um, of the new year. It always uh, kind of catches out a little bit with uh, uh, last Sunday being the 31st, uh, and so this is the first Sunday. Uh, today we reflect, look back, yesterday was Epiphany, uh, so 12 days of Christmas is gone, so all your Christmas trees um, and lights and all went yesterday. No? Hands up if they're still up. Oh! We'll note those people down. And um, <laughs> uh, so we're now in the Feast of the Epiphany, whenever we remember uh, the coming of the wise men um, to the baby. Now let's pray uh, as we begin this morning. Psalm 5 tells us that all who take refuge in the Lord will be glad. and They will sing for joy forever. The psalmist encourages that the Lord would spread his protection over those who take refuge in him, that those who love the Lord's name might rejoice in him. So, Father, as we come on this first Sunday of a new year, we thank you for the opportunity to do so, the opportunity to gather, the opportunity to set time aside to focus on you, to be with your people, and to give you praise and glory and honour that is due your name. And so, Lord, in this space at this time, we pray that as your spirit is with us, you would encourage us, challenge us, convict us, um, and comfort us. That whatever it is that your business with us is today, individually and collectively as a community of faith, that we would know before we leave. In your precious name we pray. Amen. This morning's reading is taken from the Gospel according to St. Matthew, chapter 2 beginning at verse 1, the visit of the Magi. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Christ was to be born. In Bethlehem, in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler who will be the shepherd of my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and make a careful search for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way and the star they had seen in the east went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold and of incense and of myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, 
they returned to their country by another route. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thanks, Heather. Uh, so, who can tell me what Sunday this is? Must have been a tall person who had this before. No laughing at that. Um, what Sunday is this Sunday? The clues have been all the way through the service. Epiphany. That's right. That is correct. And Epiphany is never we celebrate what story in the Bible? The Magi. This isn't a great start to a new year, folks. I'll be, I'll be perfectly honest. Um, the Magi, the coming of the wise men. Um, now, you could make all kinds of jokes at this point that it was the coming of the wise men, couldn't we? Um, we could make, like, that goes two ways, okay, before anybody gets up in arms. We could also say you couldn't find three wise men in this building um, and all those other kind of jokes that there are. But sometimes they're called wise men. Other times they're called kings. Sometimes they're called Magi, that's right. So there's kind of different names that we apportion who these people were who came to visit the baby Jesus. But the important thing is that these individuals who were in a distant land saw something different. Um, a star rose in the sky and they saw that something was different about this sky and they'd read the prophecies that this would lead them to the newborn king. And so they followed it for miles and miles and miles, and for days, and probably for months um, as well. And the one thing sometimes that we don't quite pick up on, because we kind of put this story of the visit of the wise men, the Magi, the three kings, into our Christmas story, don't we? So we often read that story at our carol services, um, or we tell it at our Christmas services. And the thing we miss in the midst of that is that Jesus probably wasn't a baby, whenever the wise men came to visit him. He was probably more like a toddler. He was probably more around the age of two by the time the Magi and the wise men had come to visit him. But yet, we place this story with a little baby in a crib beside the donkey and the sheep and the stable and the shepherds and the angels. And somehow, sometimes we get it all mixed up with all of the little baby thing and miss that actually Jesus has already begun to grow before they've gotten to him. Now, does anybody or can anybody remember um, some of the gifts that was given? Now, the first one would normally come in order. That would be really helpful for the person that's using PowerPoint. Have we tried to do them in the order that we normally say them? Yes, back row. Gold, that's right. So gold, because Jesus was a king. So the wise men brought gold as one of the gifts to represent that Jesus was a king. Sometimes we, we bring gifts to people, don't we? we? We try to think what kind of things do they really like? Um, and we try to bring them those things and we go to visit them. I remember whenever I was growing up, we used to do a thing on a Sunday where um, we talk about it in our family, we go on a mystery tour. Now, they claim that that's never, I don't, I've got lost and I don't know where I am. Not true. Um, the mystery tour sometimes just means we get into a car and we drive and we end up somewhere. 
Um, and that place that we end up is the place that we end up going to, obviously, because we've ended up there. But I remember as a child growing up on a Sunday, <clears throat> us as a family used to get into the car and we used to drive to a relative's house, maybe an aunt, an uncle, a cousin, um, and see if they were in. This is before the times of mobile phones and all of those things. You didn't text ahead and say, are you in? You just drove to the house, and if they weren't in, you get back in the car. We all got out of the car, by the way, and went to knock the door. Not just one of us. All got out of the car, knocked the door. If they weren't in, we all got back in the car, and then we all drove to another relative's house until we found somebody who was in, or somebody who was willing to take us that particular day, maybe, shall we say. Um, but one of the things that actually my mum used to do before we left the house was she would get a wee plastic bag. Said that wrong, didn't I? A wee plastic bag. Aye. She'd get a wee plastic bag, she'd go to the cupboard, and she'd lift out a few tins of whatever she could put her hand on, put it in the wee bag, and then that's what we'd take to the relative's house, whichever one let us in that day. Um, and, and so the gifts came, that could have been a mixed fruit, a tin of custard, or whatever it was, but it was a way of saying, we are coming to see you and we want to give you something for your hospitality, a way of kind of saying thank you. And sometimes we do that with gifts, don't we? We give what we think other people might use or what other people might want. So the kings brought gifts uh, for Jesus. Uh, and the first gift that they brought was this gold, but it's, all these gifts symbolize something. Gold symbolizes that Jesus wasn't just a baby or a toddler. He was a king. His destiny was to be a king. The king of kings and the Lord of lords. Um, and the second one that they brought begins with F. And, oh, back row, yes. Frankincense, spot on. That's right. And the frankincense, because he was a priest. That's a strange phrase to say, that Jesus was a priest. In the biblical terms, a priest was someone, a bit like me, if you like, a minister, who stood and led the people in worship who led the people in their prayers and in their community of faith. And, and what the, the frankincense was to, was to symbolize was the incense that priests in the Bible would have used whenever they prayed to show that their prayers were going up to heaven. Um, and so Jesus came not only to be a king, but to be the one who would lead his people, to be the one who would pray for and intercede on behalf of you and I. So he's not just a king, he's the one who's able to lead us and pray for us, be the intercessor between us and God. And the last gift that they brought begins with M. Anybody remember what it might be? Let's get somebody different. Yeah, Charlotte. Myrrh. That's right. Is that the thing you look at in the wall? The myrrh? No. We, we, we all use that word, don't we? We, we pronounce them all, all differently, but we all say them the same, don't we? So myrrh in this context is not the thing that we look at, but it's like a, a kind of an oil of a description. And it was there because it was given to him to represent Jesus' death. But even though he's a baby and a toddler, these magi, these wise men understood and knew that this is the Messiah this is the king of kings, the one who's going to intercede for his people, but also the one who is going to die for you and for I, for his people. And so that's really important as we think about why the wise men actually came in the first place. They came to symbolize that Jesus is our king. He's the one who stands between us and God and intercedes for us and speaks on our behalf. But importantly, he's the one who came to die 
for us. And so even as he was a tiny little baby about to toddle about and begin to walk, the understanding was that his purpose was not simply just to live a life like you and I, but it would mean so much more whenever he came to die. But there was another gift at that stage. And often we listen to this story, we remember the three gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh, and we miss the fourth gift in the midst of this story. And the fourth gift begins with S. Can anybody think what it might have been? Rodin. I can't hear that. Socks. The shepherds were washing them at night. Do you know, I, every time I sing that car while shepherds watched, while shepherds watched their flocks by night, because as a child we used to, <laughs> we used to sing the other one whenever all our teachers tried to get us to sing it right. And even to this day, I sang it at the carol service. <laughs> Thankfully, the microphone wasn't on. Um, but can anybody think what the S might have been? Yes, back row again. Sun. Yes. A son has been given to us. The one who you've been describing as a king, as a priest, with the ultimate death for us. Jesus was and is the greatest gift of all. And the star shone brightly in the sky to show the world that he had arrived. And it's our job today to shine brightly in the world around us to make sure the world around us knows that he's still here and he can still heal. He can still save and he can still help us. But in one sense, we talked about these gifts um, given uh, in our heads given to a baby um, or given to a toddler. Um, they symbolize something different as we've talked about. Um, they symbolize that sense of the transformation that comes through Jesus. Um, you know, gold as a king means that actually he can become our king, that he is the one who rules and reigns in your life and in my life. Um, frankincense is the one who hears our prayers um, the one who, as the Scriptures tell us, will intercede on our behalf uh, to the Father. Uh, actually, they go a step further and they say that the Holy Spirit that Jesus left on earth, that whenever we can't think what, how we can pray or what we can pray, whenever our words seem just like a mumble, then the Holy Spirit will intercede on our behalf and will speak unutterable words to the Father on our behalf. So even whenever we feel that our prayers are just mumbles and jumbled up and unable to be intelligent. The Scriptures tell us that because of what Jesus has done, the Holy Spirit is enabling our prayers still to meet with God. The myrrh, as He's the one who sacrificed uh, for us, the one who that oil would have been used to embalm the body, and that's why it was such an unusual and strange present to give to a toddler, 
fidget with deep symbolism that the toddler would grow to become the Messiah that they hoped for, longed for, and was now here. And the question, I suppose, for each of us is not about the gold, the frankincense, and the myrrh. Yes, it is. Yes, it's about king. It's about his priestly role. It's about the fact that he died for us. But the ultimate question is that fourth gift. Do you know the son today? Because never these three are put together, the gold, the frankincense, and the gift of the son. Then we get GFMS. Remember we went for what does G mean? What does F mean? What does M mean? What does S mean? And in one sense, now we think about this story, I want us to hold this phrase in our head because these are the gifts that we've pulled out of this story. And those four letters mean this. God, my sins. That's the ultimate reason and purpose for the birth of our Savior. That's the reason that the wise men, the magi, the three kings, whatever way we want to phrase them, made such an important journey to give him these gifts. So, the simple question I want to ask today, is he done that for you? Have you asked Jesus to forgive your sin? Because the scriptures teach us that whenever we do, he becomes not just the saviour of the world, but he becomes your saviour, my saviour. And we walk in a personal relationship with him for the rest of our lives. That's the beginning of an ultimately adventurous journey that we can't quite tell where we're going. It's a bit like one of my mystery tours. We're not sure what the destination might be, but whenever we get there, we'll enjoy where we are. Because with God, we're not sure where the adventure will take us, but we know that with Him is much better than without Him. Is this close today with some words of Scripture from Ephesians? Uh, to the God who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask, seek, or would even dare to imagine. To Him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations. With the blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, bless upon each one of us this day and forevermore. Amen. Amen.